the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer in the maple auto mall near rutherford at highway 400 luxury is closer than you think round one on round one today, Courtney Betty is here, Toronto lawyer at Betty's Law. Jerry Agar from the Jerry Agar Show, 9 to noon. Dave Trafford is here, host and producer of On the Ledge, amongst many other podcasts. On the Ledge is the Ontario Politics Podcast. Good morning to everyone. I want to pick up with what I imagine might be the most contentious uh, issue on our agenda today and springboarding from a conversation we had with Dr. Samir Sinha just a few minutes ago. He's advocating for a national insurance program which would create the funds that would look after you in long-term care at the end of your life. Jerry Yeager, having just expanded dental care at the federal level, this would be yet another uh, federal social program. Yeah, and he's funding it how? Well, we would pay. Well, we already do pay. Yeah. Yeah. 30 to 40 percent of your tax is already going to health care. If you, I look these things up this morning, if you are at the bottom end, you're making 20 or 30 thousand dollars a year. You're paying over 700 dollars a year toward health care. If you're in the higher income brackets, you're paying over 40 thousand dollars a year in taxes for health care. So good news to the to to your guy. Uh, we're already paying for it. How about you get it together with all the money we give you? See, I knew I was doing your show prep today. Uh, Courtney, Betty, what say you? <laughs> I, I think they've just got to figure out a way to have some form of a separate program where there is a choice. And uh, the idea that we're now going to be having funds pulled again from uh, from your paycheck, to me, it's just not something that, uh, that I'm going to support based on the fact of how much we're already paying right now. Yeah, Dave Trafford, I mean, somebody texted in and said, why not just expand CPP? And, you know, the arguments that are made for CPP are so that people don't end up eating cat food at the end of their lives. Well, this just can't be a binary conversation. It, I mean, to, to your point, Jerry, this is not covered by health care. This, this is not a health care cost. This is not something that you can use your OHIP card to pay for in terms of long-term care. We, can't, we don't have the facility for in-home service. We don't have that right now. In, in, and so we talk about doing that. It's going to become more and more pressurized as this group around this table uh, gets a, a older. And, you know, 10, 15 years from now, we're all going to be facing the pressures that the doctor is talking about and there's an interesting bit that they did at Rotman about a month ago, the the institute that he was, uh, uh, leads, uh, they have a movie, it's called Your 100-Year Life. And the number of us who are going to live to 100 are, is increasing annually. And it's very likely, Jerry, that your kids, my kids, my grandkids are all going to live to 100 years old. So the need to create a, a, a reviewed social program that's going to make sure that we aren't sort of choosing made instead of trying to figure out how we're going to live uh, stably and healthily and, you know, with, with some level of dignity. Uh, I think we have to have that conversation. I love that he's just dropped this in the middle of it. This has to be the start of a bigger conversation, though, which may well include things like guaranteed incomes and uh, how are we going to deal with those sorts of things. There's a crisis here that we ha- we can't ignore, and it's, it's urgent. It's going to be honest within the next 10 years. All right. Well, then we're going to have to start slashing government in other places, because at some point I get to keep some of my money, don't I? I can do without the uh, the, the mail. Uh, okay. Okay. Get rid of the post office. <laughs> um, all I can say, though, Dave, is as you talk about how long we're going to live, I recently had to sit down with a financial planner to figure out what my retirement would look like. And he said, how long do you want to live? I, th- I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you have yeah, a choice? Well, that, it, that is a choice these days. <laughs> well, it's not right? Logan's run for Pete's sake. Okay. Well, Go ahead. 
No, I, I, I could talk about this forever, so I don't want to take up all the time. Go ahead. All right. Well, that's a good conversation. I mean, we're all going to face retirement. And, you know, But Maureen this isn't about retirement. It's about, it's, about, it's about you being healthy yeah. in your retirement. And that's a different thing, right? Being able to support yourself in your home because you need home care or you need a catheter serviced or you need those sorts of things done. That's not covered by my retirement plan. We don't take that into account. We take into account how many trips to Europe do you want to take a year. You can go so, on line now and figure out how to install your own catheter. I don't think I'm sure I want to see can. that video. <laughs> exactly. I don't even want to talk about catheters. Um, okay, so uh, Rogers is slashing some cell phone package prices. Uh, Dave Trafford, I'll start with you on this one. Um, mindful of the fact that we are owned by another cell phone provider that competes with Rogers, do you think this is the beginning of a price war? Oh, sure. I mean, it's the lost leader right out, out of the gate, right? Say, so look at us over here. We can do this, and um, they're going to poke the other major uh, providers and so on. Now, having said all of that, I mean, I think most of us just look at uh, cell service now as commodity. What's the cheapest I can get? We don't even consider our in, in terms of the overall service that we're getting. Uh, what's less expensive? I'm going to go there. Uh, that's going to be a winning solution for Rogers in the short term. I would be shocked if Bell and Telus do not respond in short order. Yeah, Courtney, Betty, you know, know, people can't necessarily switch from one company to the other easily. It's kind of an important decision. But if we're going to start knocking prices down, then I like the idea of some competition. Well, you know, John, it's kind of interesting. I worked for AT&T for about three years. And so this is what we would call a bait and switch. When When you have the majority of infrastructure in any country, you have the ability to actually lower your prices temporarily to impact on your competitors, i.e. Freedom Mobile. And after a while, you can actually get your competitors out of the market and then increase your prices again. So that's what I see. it. This is not all of a sudden Rogers deciding they're going to be very nice. They're positioning themselves. Hey, we're going to lose now, but in two years, we'll be able to jack the prices up and maybe even go back even higher. Jerry? Well, first of all, they're not going to lose because prices are already jacked in Canada. And I don't care if the Bell executives hate it when I say this. We are massively overpriced in cell phone uh, service in Canada. And I, I looked at it and the headline said Rogers is slashing prices. So I might get $10 off um, and maybe I'll get $20 off as a percentage of what gets charged in this country. I don't call that slashing. And second of all, John, it's not that hard to switch. No, it isn't. But, you know, it's not something you switch this week and then you're going to switch back two weeks from now. I mean, it's kind of a three, four, five year commitment. Actually, maybe if we all did that. Oh, you mean because you're signing a contract? Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. that's the biggest problem, John. You're absolutely right. Those contracts are the killers. You sign up, you know, bought into these long term contracts. Okay, but people get into those long term contracts because they have to have the newest phone. And so they want to amortize the phone over the five years. If you own your phone and you'll put up with it a little longer, you don't have to have a long term contract like that. There's a poll out this morning from a company called Viewpoints. Take it for what it's worth. We'll dispense with this quickly, but I find it intriguing. Olivia Chow, 32%. Mark Saunders, 19%. Brad Bradford, 15%. Josh Matlow, 11%. Anna Bailao, whose campaign just doesn't seem to have any traction, uh, 10%. Do you make anything of this, Jerry? 
Well, uh, yes, because uh, the those are the names that are being considered. I had a conversation on your show uh, when you were away with John Wright, pollster, about how this is handled because they're, we're closing in on, what, 70 candidates or something. You can't possibly poll 70 candidates. So part of the flaw in the system here, um, if I can call it that, is the pollsters are making an arbitrary decision as to who to ask about. So you may have, look, out of all of those candidates, um, probably 55 of them are just amusing themselves and they aren't even running a campaign. But beyond the names that you just uh, mentioned, there must be two, three that should probably be talked about, but they don't get talked about because the pollsters don't ask about them. Well, and Dave Trafford, these polls are going to matter for two reasons, I think. First of all, who gets into the debates? And then the next step is also, once we have reliable polling, there are going to be candidates who go, screw it, I'm out, I'm going to try to throw my support to somebody who's of a similar mind. Can I just point out that this particular poll was done for the Broadbent Institute? Mm -hmm. So now let's look at, okay, but let's look at that. And it's all over the social media of those who are uh, from the NDP and in Olivia Chow's um, camp. Court, yeah. This is a this is a way of putting her name out there and just saying, well, look at name, name recognition, name recognition. She's leading the polls. She's leading the polls. Um, I talked to David Coletto from Abacus, similar to what John Wright had to say. This horse race polling is meaningless in this in this particular campaign. What's important here is to ask the question that's also on that list is, you know, overall, would you say the city of Toronto is heading in the right or the wrong direction? Uh, you know, does Toronto face some challenges in the TTC? Those are important questions to sort of pull and determine where we're going to go. But to actually, to Jerry's point, just try to figure out what this means in terms of voter preferences when you are, it's actually a push poll. I mean, when you look at it, we're putting names out there and we're excluding others. And, and then the campaigns are using that to create stir around name recognition. Yeah, and as John pointed out, then that's the if, if we were going to run a debate on the radio station, we can't have 69 candidates on. Well, who will we have? Might oh, be funny. Well, yes. Yeah. You want to mic that up? Then... Uh, <laughs> Paul Gatt's nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Our guy Paul Gatt just drove off the road. Um, so, so, uh, so what would we do? Well, the safest thing for us to do would say, well, we're following the poll of so-and-so, and those are the ones that we're having on. And then there's going to be two or three that should be on. Because I'll mention one that's not on that poll. I would love to see a debate between Anthony Fury and Olivia Chow because she'll go down in a flaming puddle of mud. Flaming puddle of mud. <laughs> wow. Interesting imagery. Uh, okay, last word, Courtney Betty, and I just wanted to I, throw I, in for a second. I, I just think okay, that this reminds, me of, this reminds me of George Smitherman. That, that campaign it was way ahead, ended up losing. But there's another issue here, Jerry. The polls are showing a split. Liberals, NDP, and Conservatives. And I think that the, you know, uh, some of the individuals may begin to start thinking about aligning their campaigns mm -hmm. if it's a situation where it's looking like, you know, let's say a conservative is going to win and the liberals and NDP are not. I mean, I think this is a, the one of the goals of the poll is to see who should be to, which campaigns should begin to have discussions with each other. But they're doing internal polling, then that's yes. what's going to determine that, Courtney. These polls are, that's just, just you know, whatever, on the birdcage. That's what this is about, is actually creating noise around name recognition for the general public who's not paying attention. Okay, but Dave Trafford, do you think this is actually going to turn into, a, you know, a, a, an approximation of a delegated convention? That, for example, if things aren't working out for Josh Matlow, he'll throw in with Olivia Chow. 
Yeah, I think at some point endorsements might matter, but let's face it, we still haven't closed the opportunity to put your name on the ballot. Uh, you know, the other day I saw that Jan De Silva, who is the CEO at the Toronto Region Board of Trade, she's just stepping down as a new CEO and president coming in. I'm going to send her a note. I'm going to send her a note saying, well, you know, you've got until the 12th to put your name on the ballot. There are still people who could be doing that between now and then. Once we get to the 12th, then game on. I mean, you're going to start to see serious ads. You're going to start to see serious campaigning. Um, and yeah, and then I think it's, it, you're right. It could it could see it split, pushing one way or the other to make a difference on, the, on Election Day. Thank you all very much. Good to have you. Jerry Agar, Courtney Betty, Dave Trafford. Catch the Roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.